BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the second Freedom Comics Come one, come all to a galaxy far, far away, far, 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 far away for many viewers. It was not the grand slam that Disney has been making it out to be since only apparently one million of you tuned in across six days during the first uh, several episodes of the new Disney Star Wars Ahsoka series. We'll go ahead and get into that today. But, uh, oh yeah, I should be professional. Welcome back to the Second Print Comics podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Fox and Sons Coffee. Now, if you had to drudge through this miserable series like I did, you were going to need some help, not just moral help, but you needed some caffeinated help. Because if you're like me, you fell asleep through the first episode, which is a spoiler for the remainder of this discussion. Please go ahead and set yourself up with some Tanzania Peaberry, Brazilian Honey Prep, my personal favorite, the Electric Boogaloo. It's a dark roast. It goes really good as a uh, cold brew if you leave it overnight, my personal opinion. And we're going to go ahead and set you up today because a man of the people. And so is our good friend Stephen Fox at Fox and Sons. So go to Fox and Sons, F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S dot com. That's Fox and Sons dot com. Somebody was like Fox and Sons. That's what you meant, right? I'm like, no, dumb fuck, because I spelled it out for you. F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S dot com. Use code second print pod. I'm not going to spell that for you. Second print pod to save 15 percent off your order of twenty five dollars or more. I can't make you literate, but I can make you highly caffeinated and improve your quality of life a little bit. So hopefully you have the energy to learn to read. But we're joined today once again by Token Uncle Brody. We are covering Disney Star Wars. We haven't touched this for over, I want to say, a year and a half, maybe two years. Mark and our good friend Dan Smots over at the system is down, tried to do the Book of Boba Fett. But much like that series, enthusiasm quickly died with each new episode. Um, I wanted to do Andor, but we took off uh, for about four months last year. I Mm -hmm. have not seen Andor, so I can't comment on it. I have no opinion of it. I want to go back and watch it when I have time. But for now, I did jump on to Ahsoka. And um, I'll I'll say this because you recommended this to me. You you thought that this would be a good episode. And I (laughs) thought that this would be a good series because I'm an Ahsoka Tano fan. 
Like I was, I was a freaking Disney kid. I love Clone Wars. I loved Rebels. I watched Rebels as an adult. I watched that right before uh, 2020. Like mm-hmm. I watched every season of Rebels, and I was like, "This is awesome." And then when they did the final season of Clone Wars, the last handful of episodes, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is cool." And before we kind of get into it, because I can, I can just deluge people all day with this. Mm-hmm. I want to start with the pros because for me, there weren't that many okay. one, the casting. I think Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson was born to play Ahsoka. I think she's a fantastic actress. I've always, I've never disliked the role she's been in. I've liked her since like the view askew Jay and silent Bob days. Like right, right. That, that's how, that's how much I like her going back to clerks too. And um, everything else she did in the Netflix MCU era. Like, I'm a Rosario Dawson fan. I think mm-hmm. she's great in this role. Ray Stevens, my favorite actor to have played the Punisher. Sadly, this was his last role. Mm-hmm. And him as Balin, uh, a new Sith Lord, he's, he's daunting. He's menacing. He gives off Vader-ish vibes. We still don't know much about him. And we're only covering the first three episodes today. I think by the time this comes out, episode... Uh, four will have been released, but right. um, I, I, you know, Ray Stevens just, I, I just, he was, I'm, he was born to play a bad guy. I'll put it that way. I'm, I'm really totally agree. Visually, this show to me looks more like Star Wars than, let's say, The Mandalorian season three. The Mandalorian season ones through two had some great set pieces. They had some great mm-hmm. artists working on the graphic effects. It looked very old school Star Wars. Something kind of drifted between that and Book of Boba Fett. And, you know, I think this is really kind of reminding us of, you know, the the beauty of the depth of the Star Wars galaxy, especially since they're in planets like Lothal, which was big in the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. I'm glad that we're actually able to see a live action Lothal. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's about it. I mean, other than some of the Rebels Easter eggs that we've seen so far, other than the casting, other than the look of it, other than some of that self-referential canon stuff, that's very much it for me. So yeah. going into this, what were your anticipations and what has been met so far? Honestly, and, and I, I'm a big Star Wars guy, just like yourself, even from way back in the 70s all the way through. I watched, I've watched basically just about everything Star Wars, but I don't think a lot has been met in, in this show. Um, I do like the casting, like you said. The special effects and the costuming is really—they're uh, both really good. At one point in the Mandalorian, it kind of went south, and it's like, what's up with this guy's makeup, and why is his eyes like little doll eyes, like going around in circles and looking all weird? Um, this is like right off the bat, visually, it's it's really it's really great. But um, I expected it to be, you know, something entirely different. Now. I can say this, like if you didn't watch the Clone Wars and if you didn't watch Rebels, you might not know what the hell's going on. You know, that's Ahsoka strictly just uh, or was created for the Clone Wars and then brewing crossed over into Rebels. So if you don't know anything about her, you might be entirely lost. Um, those are really the only things that I that I really like. And it sucks because I wanted to like this show so much. But besides the visual effects of it. Um, there's actually some really cool visual effects all over the place, and and yeah, like the um, uh, the guy who passed away, who's the Sith Lord in this one, and also um, uh, his um, well, his apprentice, not Padawan, but his apprentice. They're all like pretty pretty cool and everything, but um, 
yeah, I, I don't I don't really have anything else to say regarding uh, pros. Yeah, show. and I, I also forgot to mention they brought in uh, Harrison Dula, who's one of my favorite characters from Rebels. Uh, when they brought in uh, Hera and Caden's um, son, Jason, I mean, part of me welled up because I remember the scene in which uh, he he sacrifices himself to save the Rebels in the last season of the series, and that was mm-hmm. that was a cool callback. So other than that, mm-hmm. this show is just – one of those reminders as to why I hope the writer's strike never ends. And I hope most of them just lose their jobs because for most of those people who have been writing at Disney for the past six years, whether it was the Marvel shows, whether it was the star Wars shows or whether it was a slew of the other Disney reboots and other things that have come out, the quality has been the biggest thing. And they Mm -hmm. always go after the fans. Well, fans don't like reboots. Well, fans don't like recastings. Well, the fans don't like our agenda to make the, you know, the lore more diverse. It was always blaming the fans. And is there a degree of credibility to that? Maybe, probably. I could see it sometimes. But for the most part, Disney Studios itself has always softened the blame for their own bad decisions by blaming the fans. I don't think they can blame the fans for not tuning into Ahsoka. Book of Boba Fett made Boba Fett boring. They oh, took one of the most they, totally. They, they took one of the most badass characters ever, and they made him just boring. They basically took all your aspirations and just shoved it. Obi Wan was a show in which Obi Wan was not necessarily as heroic. It quickly turned into the Leia show. It turned into the um show about that one inquisitor who has to go on her backwards redemption arc which does not land so Mm obi-wan sucked i'm not going to talk about andor because i I didn't watch andor i want to watch it um i I like diego luna as an actor and you know i i liked rogue one rogue one's probably my favorite film to come out of the last 10 years yeah and then um mandalorian season three I, I got through half of it, and then I was just Googling what happened on this week's episode. Because the moment they brought in Jack Black and Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd, I was uh, like, they have, just, yeah. they have just completely jumped the shark. And I yeah. like Bo-Katan, but quickly became the Mando can't do anything, Din Djarin is is useless, and Bo-Katan has to come save him. Right. So right. all those things really culminate here because the episodes, they seem longer. And I wondered why, like the first one's about an hour and then some, then the others are past 35 minutes, 40 minutes. And I just wondered, I'm like, what makes these so much longer? Is the runtime different? And the runtime is not necessarily different for the first three episodes. The thing is, is that they just drag you and drag you and drag you. And I'm not going to say I, I have to be entertained with constant action 24 seven. Right. I watched Oppenheimer recently. And that movie is a lot of Cillian Murphy staring at the screen, wondering whether he's destroyed mankind. That's not the criticism. It's a lot of useless exposition. It's a lot of callbacks that don't work. My wife was excited to watch the show. She knew who Ahsoka was, but she didn't watch Clone Wars. She didn't watch Rebels. So I'm having to explain things to her every couple of minutes, and quickly I saw that her interest was going away. And then my interest started to go away because the fight scenes itself are very, very dull. They're very dull. Can I just jump in just real quickly? I found the fight scenes to be extremely slow. Like the choreography That's was a better like, way of saying it. everything was really slow, very careful. I'm like, 
you guys, Ahsoka, you're a Jedi. Not not only you're a Jedi, you're a badass Jedi. And why are you moving so much slower, so much everything? I mean, I was watching it with my sister, and even she was like, yeah, that wasn't very good. And she's not really into this stuff. So I'm like, fudge, man. Yeah, the, the fight scenes aren't aren't specifically the lightsaber fight scenes aren't all that impressive at all. There, there's like a 10-minute scene, and I'm probably exaggerating. There's a scene in the very first episode in which um, Ahsoka is on that one planet trying to receive the star map. Yes. And she she's in the cave that was set up by the... The, the, the Dathomir witches the or Dathomir whatever. witches, yeah. Yeah. And that thing looks like a level out of like Jedi Fallen Order or Tomb Raider or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. her like moving things around. I'm just like, this is just going on forever. It seems like a video game. You're right. It seems exactly like a video game. Yeah. And I mean, so, to, to reflect on what you said about everything looking dull, here's where... Here's where I'm going to justify the crux of everything else. Cause I could go okay. in, you know, bit by bit. Okay. Women destroyed this show. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's where you're going. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of let that settle. <laughs> women destroyed this show for women. <laughs> and this okay. is why I'm like, this is where they try and this is where Disney, because I'm, I'm going online, I'm seeing the Disney propagandists say, well, the fans just don't like this because it's a strong female character and everything else. It's like, I don't dislike it because the fact that there are women on the show, mm-hmm. it's, and it's something I've brought up over and over again on the show. It's the strong female character archetype. Okay. It's this idea that women can be dispassionate that women are superior to men in most moral and physical feats on screen Mm -hmm. and that they make the justified moral decisions, whereas men fail. And I also think it's kind of weird that all the straight white guys on the show are either stupid or they're villains because immediately it kind of goes into this, you know, thing where it's like, you know, and I get that star Wars was filmed in the seventies. I get that. It was yeah. a different time in Hollywood and everything. So, of course, you want to show more representation of a galaxy in which more than two black people exist. But then it starts to get into the to the stereotype. And I don't like uh-huh. that for Ahsoka. What's good about Ahsoka is that from Clone Wars to now, we have seen incredible growth. And that's why for people that didn't see Clone Wars, that didn't see Rebels, they're not going to get it. Especially mm-hmm. in season two of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But she right. just seems so callous. She just seems so, um, you know, so emotionally repressed from everyone around her. She's very that, stoic throughout the whole show. She's just like dead face and – yeah, continue. But yeah, I, I know yeah, exactly what you're talking yeah, about. And maybe that's going somewhere, yeah. but it does not suit the character. Right. It just does not suit the character from where she left off really if we think about it. You know, a, a couple weeks ago where she's trading Grogu and everything and where she's right. meeting with Luke and everything else. So, I mean, it just it seems like a departure. And, and then we get to um, uh, to, to the young Mandalorian. I, I forget her name. Sabine. Sabine yes. Ren. Sabine was an awesome character in the show. She was original character made for Rebels. And Sabine had a crazy arc in which she, we learned that she's force sensitive she beats up this one uh, Mandalorian who sided with the Empire. She actually wields the Darksaber at one point. Oh, and I didn't she, know that. Okay. Oh, she did. She was a badass in Rebels. And then, you know, she kind of evolves. And then they just kind of leave her the last couple of seasons. 
but they make her into like this angry repressed person where I, I get that, you know, most of her friends are dead. I get that Ezra Bridger, who she was in love with is gone, but she kind of switches up on everybody. And suddenly it's like, we have this whole hidden knowledge of, Oh, apparently she was being trained by Ahsoka be a Jedi. That kind of came out of nowhere because given where things left off in rebels, she didn't want to, that wasn't her thing. And now I feel like they have to, they have to show that anyone can be a Jedi. It kind of, it kind of makes the idea that Jedi's were selective. Jedi's were rare. Mm-hmm. It kind of comes into this idea. Well, everyone could be a Jedi now. So all the intrigue that kind of right, came right. from could Sabine be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. If they had shown another progression and maybe they'll show it later, that would make sense. But what do they start doing? With Sabine, they start putting her on this weird Luke Skywalker track. She right. gets stabbed by Ray Stevens apprentice and she lives God how how Jedi. that happened yeah yeah women in star wars can get stabbed and live apparently because <laughs> they did it in obi-wan and it's like stab her she lives stab her yeah. she lives it's like i guess only women in star wars can survive getting stabbed by a lightsaber <laughs> yeah so right there it's like that that kind of set things up oddly <laughs> and then they they basically reenact in the first in the third episode they kind of make her go through the whole luke thing so it's it's yeah. them taking more of their lore and just trying to switch it in a way where it's now it's just it's the women's turn to do it because they did this in Force Awakens, which I would argue, at, you know, when Force Awakens came out was a good movie. It was the last Jedi where it's that's where things just went off hilt. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, she's doing the you know the helmet scene and everything inside of the ship, and then right, she's right. doing the thing with the turret. It's like she doesn't need to restart her journey. Sabine was already a really interesting character. Right. And, um, you know, that's that's where it kind of leaves things for me. It's like I just don't I just don't get it. And Hera, I, I like I love Hera as a character and I get just that she's a general in the New Republic Army. But they're really underutilizing her because she was a lot more of a hands on person. And maybe it's because she's a mother now. Maybe she doesn't want to be in the field and stuff. But right. I feel like they're not using a character where it's like now, you know, Hera was the one character that was supposed to take over for Gina Carano's um, character in The Mandalorian for uh, uh, okay. Star Wars, uh, like sheriffs or rangers of the New Republic. It was supposed to be her taking that show. Then they took it off. So okay. it's like they have a character that they developed and they completely forgot all of her progression. They have a character that they developed and now they're trying to restart things with her. And then they have a character that they developed that they're not really doing things with. And they all act the same. I can do anything. I can fix this. I can survive getting stabbed to the gut. I can make the hard decisions. They've made women dudes. And that's my problem because Jyn Erso in, Ro- in a Rogue One was a fantastic mm-hmm. female character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Leia Organa, one of the most iconic female characters in all of cinema and fictional history, Padme, like we have strong female characters. Mm -hmm. And when they try and set up a show like this, where it's basically, we're going to take all the things the men did and we're going to put the women through it. I think it's disingenuous to women. I think it ruins the characters and they focus more on setting up the exposition. You could have been great. You were the best of us. It's like, they have to, they have to talk each other up in a way. It's yeah. almost like in Return of Skywalker, there's a scene that's just so cringy in which Ray is going to go find, uh, you know, um, Lando in that one planet. 
and mm-hmm. she's gone to go away from this battlefield. So uh, Poe Dameron comes over and he's like, Ray, you can't. You're one of the best fighters in the resistance. And I kind of looked, I kind of looked, and I'm just like, when has she proven that? We've had two <laughs> movies that when has and they've only been together for like what, like 20 minutes out of a three-movie franchise? Where do you claim that? Like that just comes out of nowhere. They have to talk it up. Right, right. And it's just, it's so weird. Yeah. And I've just, I've never liked that. And this seems like an attempt for the writers to say, well, you know, the force is female. That's not a me thing. That's mm-hmm. what uh, Kathleen Kennedy has been saying for several years. That's what David Filoni has been saying for several years. I am all for letting women have a stage on Star Wars. It's a big universe. There's so many stories to tell. But they make the women so god-awfully unlikable that it's their fault that this just does not land. You know, the, the only – there's this – in this show, they mention Ezra a whole bunch, right? And if you don't know who – if you don't know anything about Rebels, you're not going to know who the hell Ezra is. Ezra is the only male character that you just see like a little holographic thing and leave him a message that everybody reveres. Ezra, we got to get Ezra. We got to get Ezra. We got to get Ezra. Yet Ezra's not really anywhere around. The whole force being female, why? It's the force. It's the essence. It's it's everything that, that connects us to anything else. It's the what is it? Uh metachlorides, metachlorians, which metachlorians. we just don't talk yeah. about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little like microscopic entities uh. live within you that gauge how many how how much you know you can you can use the force. So why that happens, I don't know. This this all woman cast is, um, I'm just hoping that they just haven't hit their mark yet, and that they will as the show continues. Because right now they have fallen short, and they have fallen short a great deal. Um, the Mandalorian girls, Sabine, I I do like her, but you're absolutely right. The whole torrent torque gun thing and the whole like a uh, uh, little floaty thing that shoots you and all this other stuff like it did with Luke. Why are we doing that? That's 30 years old. Why are we reinventing that? And, and Ahsoka, that wasn't your journey. You know, uh, what should we call it? Anakin didn't put you through that shit. You know, so I, 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 I'm not a fan of the show and I'm not a fan of where it has been so far, where, what it has been provided it's just it, it really falls short, and whether whether it's an all woman cast or whether it's 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 just that the story's bad or whether whether it's that half the time I don't know what the fuck is going on in this show. There's no real direction, so it's like I don't I don't I don't know, man. It, it's super disappointing because there's nothing more that I've been looking forward to watching this show. Um, you know, knowing that the writer strike and everything's going on, but I really wanted this to to come off with a with a bang and it, it's, it's really falling short. Yeah. And I mean, there, this, this is just one of those moments where I, I criticized the extended universe for a while that was in the form primarily of the comic books and the, the novels. Right. I didn't like a lot of the extended universe stuff that came out from LucasArts. I think there's been, okay. I think there's been a lot of revisionism amongst people who hate the Disney star Wars era. They're okay. like, there was so much good here. It's like, yeah, there was some good, there was also a lot of trash. Right, like there right. were people just pushing out Star Wars content just because they had Star Wars on there and they thought it could make some money back. So like I was never right. against the idea of Disney wanting to start with a clear slate. Because for every 
bad thing they did. I credit them with putting out a lot of really good content. Rebels was fantastic. fantastic. David Filoni brought the same style and storytelling from Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. into um, Star Wars, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Without Disney, we wouldn't have gotten the final season of Clone Wars, which is must-see for for Star Wars. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Solo, and I thought that Rogue One is the best Star Wars film that has been out. In a long yeah, time. I, I agree. I agree. But it's it's the J.J. Abrams saga of episodes seven through nine that completely erased all that progress. The fact that we had three films and Han, Luke, and Leia could not share one scene together. Right. They they turn Leia into a force wielding Jedi out of nowhere, and then we just don't explain it. We get Ray, who is like an idiot savant who can do everything with no explanation. We bring Palpatine back with no explanation. Right, right. We go ahead and make Luke as unlikable as possible with no explanation. But then we get the Mandalorian. So it's like they they kind of they, they want to go one way with something, then they go somewhere else entirely, bring people back. And then when it's like, okay, like maybe you could take some of the stories here and there and make it work, they don't. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we we wanna we, we wanna write stories that appeals to a specific audience demographic. Versus writing stories that are good stories. And that's where a lot of the online criticisms I saw uh, from Nerd Erotic and other channels, like I I have to take it with a pinch of salt because a lot of it turns into, and I see this within the comic book and movie community, a lot of it turns into woman hating. And my thing is like, it has nothing to do with the fact that I think that women suck, like what some of these people are trying to put out. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we have these, these agenda driven writers that are writing to simply create something instead of creating something good. And it's like Ahsoka didn't need to be an empowered, strong female character. She was an empowered character. Same goes for Sabine, Hera, Bo-Katan was cool until really the last season. So it's like when they drifted from let's have good progression, let's have good storytelling. That's where things went away. And I mean, the, the third episode alone, that scene in which you have Ray Stevens apprentice, that's the dumbest that's the dumbest fucking space scene I've seen in my life in which she gets into her um, what's her name uh, Ahsoka gets into her spacesuit, walks out onto the ship and is deflecting like lasers with her thing and instead of just blowing up the ship, which they could have done, the apprentice is like, no, I got her tells the others to go off. And then she's shooting directly into Ahsoka's lightsabers. And then Ahsoka happens to do the basic ninja flip and cuts her ship ship's wing in half. And I'm just watching. I'm just like, this would never happen in Star Wars. This is, this is bad fan fiction. This is embarrassing. They, somebody saw this and was like, let's, let's have her have one of the most epic Jedi moments, but let's make it so nonsensical that even in the world of Star Wars where you have to suspend belief of things that could potentially be realistic, like fire and lasers and space and stuff like that, let's zero in on this. And when I watched that, I was just like, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. This is nonsensical. This does not, like, you have to put them in the worst, most dangerous situation, and it just comes off looking stupid. Yeah, man, I, I I agree. That part I was when when I was watching it, I'm like, what are you doing? 
And then, you know, her like her like uh, her like astronaut suit or whatever moonwalking suit was just so ridiculous. Also, and she got in it in like two seconds. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got out there. She did that. And I'm like, really? This is what we're. I mean, you'd never see Luke or any. You'd never see any kind of like self-respecting. Anakin did a lot of crazy shit in the movies. All the Clone Wars and everything. He's jumping off of spaceships, landing on others, and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. But that was Anakin, you know. Um, with it was Ahsoka is always is always even though she's been kind of reckless, even the Clone Wars or everything like that, she's always been a bit more measured also. And I just I didn't I didn't really I really didn't care for it one bit. Um. Man, it, it, I, I can't tell you how much this this kind of like hurts me. It's kind of like when I when I watched the Book of Boba and I was like, oh, my God, please end the show. Like, please don't go eight episodes or whatever. And then like the last two or three episodes, the Mandalorian showed up. The Mandalorian and, season two, part yeah, two. <laughs> yeah, 2.5, <laughs> 2.0 to 2.0, whatever. And it, it saved the show. I don't I don't think without the Mandalorian showing up, uh, Fabro gets another season with the Book of Boba, which I think they're doing. So – you know, this these three episodes just have entirely missed the mark. And God, even like I was saying earlier, the fighting is just super slow, just ridiculously slow. The 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 pad one uh uh <laughs> Ahsoka's beaten down Sabine the whole time that she's with her. Like beating her ass down. You ain't shit. You suck. What and then at one point, like, keep trying. You have it. I knew you've got this in you. And it's like gaslighting much. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? With, you with know, the, the robot with the robot. Yeah, also I was going to go there. It's like, God damn. When did they yeah. get opinions? I was going to go there. I was going to go. You know, the robot is probably the best part of this whole thing. Cause all he does is talk shit about Sabine and Ahsoka the whole damn time. And it's really, he's English obviously. Cause all robots are English apparently. Yeah. And, uh, just it, it, that part that the robot is awesome everything else is just uh yeah it's just hot garbage unfortunately um liam neeson came out recently and said because they they were asking some reporters were asking whether or not we would see more of liam neeson given the fact they had a cameo in the last episode as the force ghost of qui-gon jinn at the end of that episode and um he was like well you know Yes, maybe. I don't know, given the typical Hollywood answer. But then they asked him whether or not, you know, he'd want to come back sooner. And he actually said something that makes me think he's not coming back, which is they've, wa- uh, you know, to, to paraphrase it, they've watered down the franchise by putting out so much so often. Yes. And that is that is the issue that I also think is having, because while I can go ahead and you know, completely go after the writers for their woke agenda and bullshit tactics of how they tell stories and shit like that, which I could do all day. I also have to understand that these people are working nonstop on producing multi-million dollar series and Disney keeps making the demand constant. This is why, you know, people got upset a few months ago when um, across beyond the Spider-Verse, so of the Spider-Verse saga, Spider-Verse part three got delayed a year. And they're like, oh, come on, put it out sooner. It's like, understand what happened with Across the Spider-Verse itself. People having to work insane hours, crazy Mm -hmm. deadlines. Uh, They went through hordes of different artists 
for the special effects department and everything. It takes a lot of work to get this out. And I totally understand where the writers are saying, you got to cap hours, or you got to you know, have overtime be more available and that stuff. I get that. And when it comes to the, to the demand in the, in the entertainment industry. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. That is, I think, the one bad thing that streaming has allowed to happen. Instead of how it was of network television, cable satellite and everything, where you base things based off of a pilot episode and initial season, uh, you know, attention spans, we're greenlighting series based off anticipation and the fact that if we could keep a consistent subscription number, that will justify it. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist. That may have worked out in COVID when there was nothing to watch and the stuff that came out was really new. But now they're just pushing things out and nobody likes it. Yeah. Nobody likes it. They, they've they put uh, because of the Screen Actors uh, Guild and, uh, you know, sag for everything else. They've already said, hey, Daredevil Born Again, indefinitely postponed. All these other shows indefinitely postponed. And it's like even if they reach a deal, do we want them to just jump in and start immediately doing stuff? Or do we mm-hmm. want Disney itself to look at this and say, is this actually going to do well? Is this going to make us money? Because Bob Iger came back, promised the world, yeah, and he hasn't delivered shit. He hasn't delivered. He's like, well, maybe we have a problem or the fans are the problem. It's like, why do you – I don't understand the entitlement. And maybe you know more about this than me. I don't understand the entitlement of the entertainment industry to attack fans. This is a recent phenomenon. I don't think I don't think studios ever got away of saying, well, maybe the fan base is bad. Well, maybe the fan base is toxic. Maybe it's because of the rise of the internet. I don't know. But that doesn't work. And I don't know why they keep doubling down on it. I don't know why you go ahead and you make a product so big in, in worldwide, right? And you and then you keep pumping it and you keep releasing it, whatever. And there's more people who want it, more people who want this, more people there's more of a crave for it. And then when it doesn't hit. Or when you have to delay or whatever, it's the fans' fault. I know that um, – I think uh, I think it was a year and a half ago or so, you and I, we were doing you, – you asked me to be, be part of the show for that, for that episode. And I was like – we talked about MCU and how – and how I thought that they were just going too fast. They were just pumping out too, too many – too much content. And that it was going to be just like you said about what the Lisa said. It was going to be eventually watered down because it's just too much too fast. And in, and Lee and Lisa just said it just now about maybe the biggest franchise of all time. So I'm, I, I'm not quite sure why. Um, well, I mean, in the world of like Bob Iger and whatever, it's it's 
he can't take accountability for anything, you know, because then, you know, stockholders will see that. And it's like, well, that, it's not something that's going to make him money. So, oh, it's not us. It's them. It's a classic uh, misdirection, deflection or whatnot. I know when when I was in the music business years ago, the fans weren't necessarily the problem, whether you uh, they bought records or came to your concerts or anything. It was more of like um, <laughs> them figuring out what your hotel room was and calling you at three o'clock in the morning. And it's like or like knocking outside your your door and it, with them with their mom. And it's like, what what the <laughs> What are you guys doing? And why is your mommy? <laughs> so I want you to give him a ride. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah, I I don't understand it. I don't I don't know how the um the media industry, whether it's whether whether it's streaming, television, whatever, whatever it is, now is is reversing track and is pointing the pictures back at the fans uh, when when something doesn't hit, you know. And it's again. I just think it's it. It's just uh, they they want to hold no accountability about it. It's not us, it's them, and they just want to uh, deflect and do the old uh, switcheroo so that uh, it doesn't stick on them. At what point do you think it makes sense to just say, okay, it's over, the story is over, because that's been a big topic conversation for the MCU. There are some people that think that after uh, Secret Wars that they mm-hmm. just end it and maybe they just don't reboot it immediately. Maybe they just take a long while off. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to live in a world without MCU movies, but yeah. I do kind of get it because when you're pushing the thirties, like mm-hmm. that's where it's like, well, you know, you're starting to fall apart from your own continuity and yeah. with star Wars. I mean, the continuity was the one thing that was always the most impressive and the three biggest pivots from continuity was the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and the Rise of Skywalker. Because yeah. then everything else that came after that, we saw the Mandalorian had to start addressing cloning. We saw right. that all these shows now have to pivot maybe their initial intention to justify, you know, decisions that were made in the last couple of films. And even between the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker, it's almost like there's it, it's almost like we went from Force Awakens to whoop, Rise of Skywalker. It's like Last Last Jedi, they tried to just omit as much as possible. And that was something right. that J.J. Abrams had to do. We still don't know how Ray was able to build a lightsaber. We still don't right. know how half the shit was able to happen. They right. they completely take away a lot of the emotional depth from that to try and bandage those wounds. But eventually everything gets to the point where it's it starts to crumble over its own lack of respect for canon it's not an inability to understand it's a lack of it and under george lucas whether people love the prequels or not at least it was there with lucas arts we saw that with so many things and with disney as they've made good attempts to do it they've also made the mistakes that they themselves have had to to cushion and we're starting to see that with the mcu and it's like it's like with comic books i can't read spider-man anymore I just I just can't read The Amazing Spider-Man. And that was a series I collected from when I was nine years old to mm-hmm. when I was 19 because yeah. it gets to the point where I can only handle so many like core changing, earth shattering changes to who Peter Parker is and right. then see the same stories just retold a little bit differently. At right. some point, either let him go off into the sunset and be happy or kill him. Right. 
And I feel the same way about this. It's like, there's a lot of story to tell, but if you don't feel you can tell it, why make it worse for yourself by putting out something that people don't want to see? I, I would rather be like, you know, at least even though I wanted star Wars content between when revenge of the Sith came out and everything else, like, you know, we got clone wars and there's this, you know, there's another retelling of how it was that people loved clone wars. No, people did not like clone wars. People did not like the clone wars movie. People did not like the first three seasons. It wasn't until it got canceled that suddenly everyone was like, why'd you do that? It was so good. It's Disney's Mm -hmm. fault. And it's like, don't, don't tell me it was one thing or another, but at least, at least, the the fan base was not as angry all the time. And that's the thing. Right. I think a lot of people who liked Ahsoka, but were turned off by the last couple series or something, or were just really turned off by the rise of Skywalker movie. They're like, I'm done giving it chances. Right. 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 And then they watch this and then they're like, see what happened when I gave it a chance. Mm-hmm. At what point do you just say, okay, we're done. We told all the stories. Bye. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an excellent question. And you know, I, <laughs> Being that it's a it, it's such a big franchise and it's owned by the biggest company in the world, I, I, I unfortunately I don't think we're gonna see a, an end to it, you know, unless somebody totally shits the bed and fans totally turn around. Now, are we getting there? I think we're getting there. I think we're totally shitting the bed here. But like you said, the last three movies were not good, and um, except for like Rogue One and shit like that. Solo, those are those one-offs are good. But when it comes to the the the, the standard. Star Wars movies, not not good. Boca Boba, not good. I did watch Andor for the first three episodes, and it is a slow burn. It's like, get to the fucking point already. I don't think it's bad. It's just a fucking slow burn. I haven't finished it because I just – I don't know if I can get into it because I just got such a bad taste in my mouth that it was just so slow moving. But as long as there are little boys and little girls and parents in their 30s and 40s that remember what it used to be, and new new uh, Star Wars products that come out, those parents are going to be, oh, my God, I used to watch this when I was a kid. Look at this. Check this out. Do this and that, whatever. And, whatever. and Disney recognizes that like crazy. And they're going to continue to do it because, you know, uh, whether you're, you know, 10 years old or whether you're 40, 45, I'm almost 50, um, my money's still green. And you're going to go ahead and get it because you know that I'm going to whether i have my doubts or not you know i'm gonna go in and at least check out at least once one movie one thing um but i i think it's got to be a total um kind of like a, a boycott of the star wars product to to put an end to the star wars product because i don't think it's i mean shit it's in what, what was it 77 76 when it came out and it's yeah. it's still it's still going like really strong so yeah unless unless uh Unless the fan base just stops watching it and stops reading the comics and everything like that. The Dark Horse comics are really, really, really good. And, and I mean, the Charles Soule comics uh, for Star Wars, and he did a few of the limited series, you know, like, I mean, another exap- example, Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra is one of the alphabet people characters. Dr. Afra is a strong, empowered female character who's mm-hmm. a lesbian or something. But I could care less about that because she's just an interesting character. Like right. people love Dr. Afra in the comics. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will gladly watch a Dr. Afra series, whether right. she's guest starring or in it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the creators, Charles Soule and somebody else who took mm-hmm. who basically are the heads of the of the Star Wars comics at Marvel, know what good storytelling is. And if you create genuinely good characters who are genuinely interesting, the fans will always reward them. Right. 
And I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of them lose. Yeah. And, uh, I, that's, I mean, it's odd because like I've mentioned, like they've done some good things. I don't want to say everything has been horrible. And for the right. most part, I'm glad that they did kind of start fresh because then they could have those opportunities because mm-hmm. not everything from the old extended universe was great. I didn't like a lot of it. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, if in the time we've got remaining yeah. from here now, from Ahsoka, let's assume the rest of the series is as what we're getting now. Right. If you could just Thanos snap your fingers and change the directory of the fran- the trajectory of the franchise, what are the key decisions that you think could possibly save it? Save the show, save the Soka? Save 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 the save the franchise. Save, save save the franchise? Save the galaxy. Shit, that's a really great question. I think um I, I think one of the things that made Mandalorian great is that Mandalorian was kind of like a western you know, in the beginning, right? In the first couple of seasons, it was like, wow. Season three kind of like, I, I was like, what the hell is this? Um, I, I think also what what Disney does quite quite a few things is that they always add a little cute factor. Like the Mandalorian has Grogu, right? So now we're hitting the 30, 40-year-old people and we're hitting the kids. Everybody wants a baby Grogu and everything like that. Um, I, don't, I think if you really want the honest answer, I think get rid of Favreau. And I love Favreau, okay? And I think get rid of every single writer you have, okay? I say get rid of Abrams, and I don't know if he's ever doing a Star Wars movie. Oh, he's, he should okay. be dead. He's not going to be back. <laughs> and beg Lucas. Kathleen back. Kennedy's probably out yeah. the door like at the, by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm saying beg Lucas back or have Lucas pick his, his person who's going to take over. And together, they can mold it because – all Star Wars is is mythology. All Star Wars is, is is just a ride through all different kind of Greek myths that that went on. Okay, so just get him back in there because he's like a master. He's like a really like extremely well read in in Greek uh, Greek mythology. So get him back in there, get him to start shaping it how it should be, and actually get a format and direction where it's going because it seems like they're just throwing it up against the wall. Okay, let let's. Like the MCU always has a map, okay? We're going to release this and that and this and that, and that's where we're going, and this is where it's going to be. And I'm sure Star Wars does the exact same thing. But I think Star Wars to me feels like more that they're just rolling the dice or they're just throwing it up against the wall because you know what? We're fucking Star Wars, and you're going to fucking watch, okay? And the fans aren't that thrilled with that right now or haven't been actually for a little while. So I think a total revamp, a total House cleaning, a total, what is it, AT&T to W to Warner Brothers. A total divorce of of everything, of everything that you have there. And I love Favreau, don't get me wrong, but something different needs to be done. If you want to keep Favreau from Mandalorian, okay, that's his baby. Let's go that way. But besides that, I think think let's clean house. Um, I don't necessarily mean let's start over again, but I mean let's just get that – let's get that vision uh, clear and let's – Let's separate also corny from what it is we're trying to do because Jar Jar Binks, Ewoks. There's always one little fucking What's bullshit character. Ewoks? Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's always some somebody there that wants to do some some shit like that. And I understand you got to cross both uh, both audiences, but let's I don't know. I, I, let's clean house. Let's clean house. That that would be my thing. I I agree with half of what you said, and okay. there's half where I'm going to distinctly disagree. One, okay. I think you got a clean house. I think the one person I keep though is Dave Filoni. Okay. 
only because I think Dave Filoni has had to adjust how he would typically do storytelling in okay. order to accommodate a lot of the studio and executive demands from Disney. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is Filoni's true stories coming out because he's written such amazing stuff okay. and he has done such amazing stuff. And when they allow him to just do his own thing and they stay out of his way, he does stuff. Uh, that's just, I mean, no one, no one else is a storyteller like him in Hollywood. Okay. No, no one really is. Um, you know, I, I agree. Kick out everyone else. Uh, John yeah. Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, I wouldn't bring back George Lucas because I think that when Lucas was putting out stuff, even between episode one and when Clone Wars came out, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's part of like that historical revisionism among fans who just hate Disney. They have to hate Disney so much that they justify a lot of really bad decisions. And yeah. he he gave us Attack of the Clones, which is just not a good movie. That it's was just, not a good movie. I mean, it's not. Like, that was good. Yeah. He gave us Jar Jar Binks and The Phantom Menace. I mean, that's just not right. And the, you know, Revenge of the Sith is is sloppy dialogue like it's you know it's become a a cult classic amongst like zoomers right now but like Mm -hmm. uh, on its face it's like this is not star wars is always and this is why i think that people that really overvalue star wars kind of ignore Mm -hmm. the fact that like the dialogue and the storytelling is really a fourth grade level it's not yeah totally so yeah like it's like very expositionary like there's (laughs) like it's just it's a it's a fourth graders screenplay dream Okay. Um, but like, it's not until you get Filoni really in uh, Rebels, where he kind of takes that like you know fourth grade dialogue in the first season, which is really for kids, and then mm-hmm. he starts bringing some really dark and serious shit, and mm-hmm. then it starts to get into those really morally gray areas. And I'm like, God damn, man! Like, think of the children. <laughs> yeah. And then it yeah. gets really good, and that's what he did with Avatar. So I mean, I would I would just say, let Dave Filoni do what he wants. But I here's the other thing I say. Whatever they have on the slate now, whatever they film now, let them just get it out of their system. The big problem I see is the fact that we don't know where we're jumping. Are we after the fall of the First Order? Or are we after the fall of the Empire? Or are we after the fall of the Republic? There's a lot of jumping around. We don't know who's dead. We don't know who's alive. We don't know how these things are really supposed to play out. We don't know what's necessary. Book of Boba Fett is not necessary to fucking anything. But apparently nope. the Mandalorian season three is really necessary and all that other stuff. I think you tie up the loose ends there and then you go ahead and, and this might make me sound like a hypocrite. You break one of George Lucas's biggest rules, mm-hmm. which when Disney did it, they brought in Jack Black, Chris Lloyd, Lizzo, and uh, a few of the other SNL guys. And I was like, I'm not really about this. I, I will forgive Bill Burr because they, they actually gave Bill Burr's character in the Mandalorian season one, season two, like relevancy. Right. Totally. Um, but you can't put in big actors oh. or, or people who are known and not give them relevancy because George Lucas is always like, if you do that, you're going to take people out of being immersed in this brand new world. Right. Right. I say break that with one actor. And for okay. one reason, okay. you go ahead and you start fresh with the Knights of the old Republic and you cast Keanu Reeves. Smash. Smash. All forgiven. All forgiven. All forgiven. All fucking forgiven. Smash. Absolute smash. Who gets upset? Absolute smash. Who gets upset? Wow. Start that's a new. Great idea. Holy shit. You have, I know, and I'm. I don't get paid for any of this shit. I'm just <laughs> doing this for charity. Um, you start new. 
you have decades of storytelling. You bring in an actor who is universally beloved. You bring in a director and screenplay and a screenwriter who is universally loved. Mm -hmm. And you stick it in a world which is very familiar, but also incredibly different. And it's not, it's not just completely tied to canon that you do like or canon that you don't like. Right. It can be its own thing. It's different, right. but it's the same. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I, I totally agree. What a great, fantastic idea that is. And and then to have somebody as big as, as Keanu Reeves to actually carry carry that franchise or carry at least the first episode to open up that that world. Because when you really think about it, what huge star has ever been in Star Wars? Like besides Harrison Ford, what huge star? And Harrison well, Ford before kinda, or after Star Wars. Like before or after having been in Star Wars. Well, like yeah, like let's say before before Star Wars. What you? I mean, he was an American graffiti, I think, Harrison Ford. But Liam it was huge. Now. Okay, with that, had he had done Taken by this time or no? Well, he had done Schindler's List. Okay, so, all right. So yeah, so okay. he, he so, was yeah. already he was already That's like true. an Oscar award winning guy in a, okay. in a Steven Spielberg movie. Okay. Okay. So, you know, so that, that, okay. So, but, that, but, but that's really it yeah. because I think <laughs> I mean, of really. others, yeah, you and McGregor becomes famous after that. Right. Um, uh, Billy D Williams gets famous after that. After Harrison that. Ford after that. Mark and, Hamill, uh, not until he does the Joker cartoons <laughs> when he comes back, who he's great as the Joker's voice. Fantastic. But, but no, I mean, who, what big name actor do we have? Even though Oscar Isaac is, is on the rise, but he's not, I don't know, Brad Pitt, Clooney, or, you know, on that level. Yeah. So, so I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I think I honestly, I think that's a great idea. And I think that, I think that you have to start with something like that, like that idea that you have, and you have to put somebody, somebody huge on that. Keanu's huge. And I think yeah. you can Keanu definitely Keanu is really the only big Hollywood star. And I, I agree. I agree with Anthony Mackey. He, he did an interview and, yeah. I don't know what truth serum that injector that that uh, that reporter injected in him, but he was saying shit that if I were Disney, I'd be like, Anthony, do you want to be Captain America again? Like uh, he was like, you know, there there are no big, big like audience drawing stars anymore. Like everyone is a character. It's like Chris Evans isn't, you know, the big star. Captain America is the big star. The Falcon uh, is the big I see star. What he's Iron Man is the big star. Saying, yeah. So, like, I kind of get that. In, in many ways, I would say the only two right now are Tom Cruise and um, and uh, Keanu Reeves. Those are the only two actors who, on their own, can guarantee big box big box office numbers. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Damn it, RJ. What the hell, man? I know. I frustrate myself. I'm like, this genius just is, is caged. We need to get like a showrunner up in this bitch and, and, and just somebody pitch ideas. Needs, somebody needs to fucking call me and I'll be like, listen, that first one's free. After that, I just want equity. Like, I don't, you don't need to see me at shit. You want me to be quiet idea. about, you know, all my all my harsh opinions. I'll be fucking quiet for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we'll make that work. But it's, um, you know, I, 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 I think the MCU needs to end at some point. Yes, I, I, I agree. think it does because it's just at the point where it's like, is there is there no is there no originality left in things? And I'm not saying don't you know stop doing superhero movies. Like I I would like them to go back to the idea of just doing spinoffs, just doing franchises that you know do two or three movies and just end it. You right. know my my favorite 
my favorite set of superhero movies are the Hellboy movies. I thought Hellboy 1 was great. I think Hellboy 2 is an example of how you do a sequel. And when they didn't want to do a third, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm okay. Because it's after Hellboy 2 where you start getting like X-Men 3, The Last Stand, Spider-Man 3, and everything else. And I was like, I think maybe they should just end while they're ahead of the game. And then we get the MCU and that changes everything. But it's uh, it, it gets to the point where it's like, did you know about the Doogie Hauser reboot? No. There's a new there's a new Doogie Hauser reboot on Disney Plus named like Doogie Hauser Melee Klikimaka MD or something. It stars a Hawaiian girl. And I find it ironic because as they're as they're pushing this Doogie Hauser reboot, Maui was burning. And I'm not saying that Disney had anything to do with that. But um, you know, it's oddly suspicious. <laughs> Uh, you know, very targeted marketing, <laughs> but, um, you know, I see that I'm just like, is there like, is there like nothing else? Like they're yeah. having to pillage themselves and, you know, to kind of tie it all back together. Episode right. three of Ahsoka in which they're basically having Sabine do it. And it's like, th- this is, this is where it goes into the strong empowered female character arc. It's like, they have to do the things that the guys did, but they have to do it better. I think that's disingenuous to Sabine. It's like Sabine is a cool character in her own right. She can have her own trials and tribulations and rise to the occasion. It's when they are just pillaging. It's like they're continuing to go at the carcass of their own canon. I'm like, just fucking kill it. Like, end it. And I I think that it's going to have to be something that astronomically big that that does that. And I I don't don't know – I hope I hope they're smart people because I don't want I want to have a conversation where we're talking about how great the series was. Right. I don't right. look forward to seeing these like how are they gonna fuck up Boba Fett this time? Like I don't I don't want to see that. So I hope for their own sake some sanity shines through at some point. And maybe it's pumping the brakes a little. Maybe it's saying we got to start something new. Maybe it's giving me a call and giving Keanu Reeves a call and we put this thing out together. But like Something something's got to change soon because we're three episodes in. Episode yeah. four comes out by the time that this episode releases, mm-hmm. and I don't care about this show. Yeah, I mean we're like what is it? We're like three shows, three shows after the Mandalorian that have really not made any noise. Yeah, it's Book of Boba, um, Andor, and Obi-Wan. and Obi One. Wait, yeah. I know you didn't like it. I liked it, but. Um, God, and then this last show, Ahsoka. So, I mean, let's call – there's four of them, right? Let's call one mm-hmm. of them a winner. Whichever one you want to pick is, is the best one. But out of the last, you know, let's say five shows, there's two that are good. And then you just wanted to keep putting out content and just shitting on the whole franchise just because you wanted to put out content? I don't know, man. I, listen, I, I, I really hope that we can have this conversation again at the end uh, of the series and be like, we were right. <laughs> Or be like, damn it, you know what? They turned a corner and that show was bad. Talk about a comeback. Yeah. (laughs) Not going to lie, we were a little bit worried in the first half. (laughs) And then things worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Because shit, I don't, I I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what can save the show. You know, besides, I don't know. Uh, By the way, and then we'll keep the show because I know you got to go. Thrawn is my, one of my favorite villains of all time. I've read all the series and everything like that. If they bring that son of a bitch back on the last episode, if we only see him right. in the last episode, <laughs> fuck Ahsoka. That's all I'm going to say. No way. No fucking way. Sorry. 
Sorry. They, I mean, they brought back, they brought back Timothy Zane to yes. like corroborate on this. And I'm just like, I want to see the red eyes pop out. Totally. Now. Okay. Like yeah. that's going to be the only salvaging thing. Thrawn is the most, and I say this in the world of Vader and mm-hmm. Palpatine right. and Dooku and Grievous. Thrawn is the most merciless. He Thrawn reminds me of the concentration camp warden from Schindler's List. Yeah. He is evil yeah. because he wants to be. There is no redemption. Yeah. There is no maybe yeah. he has a good quality. There is no maybe he's a sympathetic villain because something bad happened. Not at all. Not at all. Thrawn is evil because he wants to be evil and he doesn't care. Yeah, he's a sociopath and he's a, he's an admiral and let's go fuck shit up. You know what? Yeah. Um, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Uh, yeah. I want all of this. So I'm, I'm taking it. And I got red eyes and blue skin and nobody's going to mess with me. And, and he was – God, if, if you read the series or even – I read the, the series. Did you have the graphic novels? Did you have the graphic novels? Those things were I, I read. I read the books that they were pulled from. Right. I had the books originally, yeah. but then they had graphic novels that came out after. And those are like – the art is just so, it, it so well good. done. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the the voice actor who did the audio books because for the second one, I think it was like Uprising or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who did that is is the actor who will play Thrawn. I forget his name, but like he is. Just, okay, I know who he is. Like, I know who he yeah, is. like like he he makes the freaking hairs on my arm stand. Like <clears throat> there are very few <laughs> villains that can pull that shit, and I think that's the one thing that Star Wars has really been absent of because Kylo Ren. He's a villain and then he's not. And then depending on where you jump into things, because you know have this pre-existing knowledge of him, you're never you never think he's gonna go as far. And right. I mean, that's the one thing that I will give Star Wars credit for. They never messed up Darth Vader. As much as I hated the Obi-Wan series, they mm-hmm. did not mess up Darth Vader. They didn't mess him up in Rogue One. They have never misused Darth Vader. If mm-hmm. they I mean, they can they have the potential to make Thrawn a big freaking impact here and not just that it should be literally i always thought that vader should be a franchise mm-hmm. thrawn can thrawn can be more of a franchise than vader because there's if you so believe it much or not. to look at exactly 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 i would it, like it, to see yeah. the lost years what was he doing between yeah. the end of rebels and right now yeah where, where is he hiding they have this map that he's you know and apparently spoilers ezra might be there with him and who knows I don't know, but yes, I would love to see that. Yeah, I would love to see Book of Thrawn. Like, yes, yes. Just don't Boba Fett his ass and all is forgiven. <laughs> don't make him soft. Don't make him soft. Oh my god, I don't want to see him with a pet. I don't want to see him with like an adopted daughter because once you adopt a child, it's like, oh, he can't be all that bad. It's like, what if he's raising a the omen or something? <laughs> you just don't know. Just All right, know. folks. Well, you're going to have to go ahead and let us know what you think on Twitter. Go ahead and uh, yeah, or X, whatever the hell we're calling it now. Go ahead and hit me up at Hey Remzo H E Y R E M S O. Let me know what you think of Ahsoka if you're if you are watching it. I'll I'll go ahead and watch the remainder of the series. Then when we wrap up, uh, we'll we'll get back and and give it the real evaluation. But please go ahead and uh, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. Helps people let uh, them know about the fun we're having here and we'll be back next week as always i'm Rumpster w martinez remember if there's one thing you could do in this big big galaxy far far away it's short it's sweet it's simple it's read comics and change the world good night america
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.